Hello, Kevin. Awesome. You guys are nerds. Damn right. Oh, Kevin, you're so witty. I would stab someone in the face. Oh, that's gross. I'm cutting this, by the way. Bad Philosophy, episode 110, recorded on December 22nd, 2011. Good enough. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, Bad Philosophy, episode 110. I am your host, Stephen Torrance, and we are upsetting the balance of reality one rabbit trail at a time with quite possibly a tie for the largest panel we have ever had on a show before. So uh, starting off in a completely arbitrary order, I'd just like to introduce to you all the uh, the folks who will be making up our panel today. Uh, So first off, coming from uh, San Antonio, Texas, I believe still, is uh, Mr. Simon Ponder. Simon, welcome back to Bad Philosophy. Hello. How are you doing today, man? Here you're cleaning up your room on your day off, huh? Yeah, it's real exciting. Have you found anything more interesting than your Kindle? Uh, some some fishing tackle. That's about it. <laughs> any any money? <laughs> no, no, no money. Can you sell the fishing tackle for money? <laughs> uh, I can catch fish with it. <laughs> okay, I guess Ooh. that is more useful. Fish can uh, be sold fish for money. Fish. fish can be sold for money. Um, so <laughs> one of those other two voices uh, who just came in is uh, Mr. Britton Peel. Uh, welcome back to the show, Britton. Hey, it's great to be back. Yeah, cool. So uh, the last time we had you on, I believe, was right after QuakeCon, and uh, we kind of teased talking about video game morality, and we're actually going to talk about it later in the show today, but uh, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Are you you doing anything special for the holidays, or just kind of chilling at home? I'm just chilling at home. The big holiday rush for game coverage stuff is kind of ended so yeah i finally all the games a, are out <laughs> so yeah i finally get a chance to relax for... a little bit <laughs> so yeah just spend time with family and stuff then uh back on bad philosophy uh from georgia i believe uh kiki cannon hello how are you doing kiki I'm doing all right. I finally have a computer desk, so I am no longer coming to you from my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Me too, actually. My uh, I have since changed roommates since the last episode, and uh, th- my former roommate left his um, his computer desk, which uh, actually made a quite wonderful substitute for the previous one I had. So I just moved it into my room because uh, the new one didn't want it. So. I I, n- I now also have a computer desk. So we're computer desk buddies. Woohoo! High five through the internet. Yay! Yay! And uh, finally, coming from uh, Grapevine, I believe, his home up there in the north of Texas, is Kevin Saunders. I don't know if I would call Grapevine the north of Texas. Yeah, yeah well, it's, I mean, it's... A, I mean, I think north Texas, I think the panhandle. Uh, I mean, this is definitely less northernly than that. It's north-ish. North-ish uh, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of the major cities, it's the most north. <laughs> I, I guess mean, okay, so. Well, you got Dallas-Fort Worth, Austin, San Antonio, Houston. I believe Lubbock is farther north than, than Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm, as I said, uh, of the major cities. But not in the pandemic. Dallas Metroplex yeah. is the most far north. Okay. Yeah, I guess Lubbock isn't a major city. No. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Everyone who's lived there will say the same thing. Hey, it's major for that side of Texas. But uh, anyways... Regardless, uh, I welcome all of y'all to the show here, and uh, I guess we'll get started off by just talking about a few random things, which, you know, wow, that, that'd be new for Bad Philosophy, right? Um, since it is the holiday season, uh, Simon brought up a uh, rather interesting article on our uh, Facebook group about something that I had never even known existed before, uh, and that is the fact that there are actually dreidel-spinning tournaments, competitive Not- tournaments... Not just a tournament, Stephen. It's the North American Major League Dreidel. MLD. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about this, Simon. What, what the heck is up with this? Well, it's, 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 they have an annual tournament, like you said, uh, in the spinagogue. Dog, dog, dog. <laughs> it needs an echo on it, like, you know, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday in the spinagogue. I'll put it in there in post. <laughs> um, and so they have different tournaments, but they also have other weird sports like no limit texas dreidel which is like texas hold'em and dreidel mm-hmm. activities i don't know is the name of the game dreidel or is just the item dreidel um i think i it's always just... thought it was both 
Well, I okay. Mean, do you now, want do you so, want to spin the dreidel? Is a, is a saying that I've heard. Yeah, time but is I, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say, "Let's play dreidel." No, it's it's just the name of the thing. It's just just the name of the the actual dreidel itself. But um, well, is it like dice? You can say just roll the dice or play dice. I don't know. I've just I've never heard it that way. I imagine if anyone. If any of our listeners out there have actually played competitive dreidel or speak of it that way, let us know if that's the correct way to refer to the. Yeah, see, uh, see I'm Christian. I don't sport. know any of this dreidel crap. <laughs> well, so so Wikipedia does introduce it as a spoof competitive sport. So is it actually? Is this actually? Oh, yeah, a that's thing, a valid question because, like, the rock paper scissors championship is a big deal and a real deal. Uh huh. Um, so it's a sport, I'm, just like curling is a sport. Well, curling's if, a very much a sport. If competitive cup stacking can be a sport, I think competitive dreidel can be a sport. Yeah. <clears throat> Have you seen those videos, by the way? That is Yeah, remarkable. I mean, it's, it's really <laughs> impressive, but it's, it's still kind of inane. You're like, oh, why? So it's worth asking. I mean, th- this is one of those things that kind of pushes the boundaries of what we consider to be sports or what, what I would consider to be a sport. Like, you know, where, where do you where do you draw the line on something like that? I mean, if is a sport simply something that you know enough people get together and play competitively? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. But just general philosophical oh. question I'll throw out there. Speaking of sports, I just have to throw this in because it makes me very happy. Um, during the 2012 Olympics, there is a plan to have a a uh, exhibition match from the International Quidditch Association. <laughs> what? The, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, yes whoa. during the Olympics, they are planning to have at least one exhibition match. <laughs> what? And the exhibition match, they're they're planning if they if they only get to do one. It's definitely going to be a UK versus US match. Oh my god! Now we're talking That's... about the the spoof Quidditch that people play with, like holding actual brooms between their legs and running. I don't know if I'd call it a spoof. Right? You keep using that word, Stephen. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I... You can't play actual. And... Well, spoof originally comes from this Wikipedia it's, article it's on the Dreidel Muggle thing, but... Quidditch. That's what they called it because right. they can't fly. Because it's not actual so... Quidditch. You're not. No, actual, actual Quidditch is played by people with actual magical powers and flying brooms, Stephen. <laughs> right. So we can't do that. They don't. Don't let us. The so, Minister of Magic didn't donate enough galleons to the Olympic Association to allow <laughs> yeah. for yeah. real quiz to be played. As, uh, as the top story on laughingsquid.com will illustrate, mm-hmm. anything can be a sport. <laughs> oh my. Whoa. All right. Well. I'm, I'm with the okay of anything being a sport. You know, if they want to put beer pong in the Olympics, I'm going to let them. Um, they because yeah. they're trying to do that too. Oh, I don't know but, about this though. I mean, you know, is, the thing of it is, is, and maybe I'm just a little more relaxed today. But why do I care what other people do if they want to call it a sport or not? Yeah. Ah, uh, I well, just yeah. No, you're you're there. You're there. Sorry, I, I just okay. um, I was oh. loading the web page and it slowed things down a little bit. But seriously, like. We'll we'll put this link in the show notes, but I just I think this kind of just <laughs> um, flies in the face or, or the eyes, I guess, of of the idea of an actual competitive sport. Well, at least it's something physical. <laughs> True. I, don't I know mean, it's not like poker. You know, <laughs> poker you sit at a table. I mean, at least they're doing something. Well, I mean, it's physical in the sense that there is physical movement. Um, no. Well, see, when I was when I was in high school, I went to to England, and when we got there, I was like, "Oh, I, I love British TV, so let's watch some TV." We were, you know, getting ready to go to bed in the hotel, and I turned it on, and on like every third channel was competitive darts. <laughs> darts and is I hard. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "This is this is what you do on on weeknights in in England." I was kind of disappointed, you know. Yeah. And, and all, but then since then, you know, come back to the U.S. and we've got like every third night there's competitive poker, and at least darts is like doing something. And also every third fun. night we have competitive debate from if for members of the Republican Party. Well, hmm. yeah, now. 
<laughs> yeah. Is it just me or have there been way too many debates this, this election cycle? No, it's like, not seriously. just you. It's I mean, everybody. There have yeah, been it's, like it's 10 out. so far. It's and my I'm not new even favorite fall show. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it got more, more episodes than the, uh, than, oh, God. I can't think of a good example right now. American Horror Story. There we go. Okay. We've had more Republican debates than days in a Kardashian marriage. Than the third Ooh. season of Arrested Development. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I have finished officially, and it is incredible. Uh-huh. <laughs> I believe everything that anyone has ever said uh, positively uh-huh. about the show. <laughs> um, just, just putting that out there. Uh, and I am now working through Sports Night, Kevin. So, Which Good. is also fantastic. Yes. The second season, though, not as much as the first um, it gets better at the end. I, the last okay. few episodes, I actually think, are really good. Hmm. I did enjoy the uh, the Thespis episode, though. I think that was one of the best <laughs> episodes of television I've seen in a while. Um, so, yeah. Spe- and speaking of sports, they do address that in Sports Night too. Like just the, the um, you know swimming across the English Channel, boat racing. Like they they everybody has their prejudices for like what can be considered a sport. And Soccer. Yeah. As Dan Rydell is off yes, to... Yes, uh, that was my Sports Nights <laughs> reference. satire, yeah. Um, oh, God. Although I have played soccer, and I can, I can attest to the fact that it is a lot more fun to play than it is to watch. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I make no bones be, about it? that. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Which I think it probably goes for most sports. I mean, I, I think the human act of playing sports is just... It's something that we all enjoy. It's something we all do in our own way. Um, and we all have to find, Is you know, it? our kind of... Well, yeah. I mean, I think everybody at, at some point in their life enjoys participating in some sort of competition. Like, I will it, tell you that, that I tried to find a Quidditch team when I was in Illinois. Yeah. Because there's, de- there's definitely not one around here in Georgia. But when I was in Illinois, I... I definitely tried to find a Quidditch team and, and I, I couldn't, that wasn't like attached to a college. Yeah. They're, they're so. big in colleges. They're big in, apparently in New York. Cause I have a friend up there, although she's also in college. So I don't know if that's related. Hmm. Well, they just held the, the world cup. Yeah. In, in New York this year. That was like their fifth year, I think of having the Quidditch world cup. I need to find some YouTube videos of this. This I just cannot believe. Oh, they're they're easy to find. Uh, it's, it's not it's, particularly it's... a spectator sport, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't imagine it being. I mean, it it feels like they, the world would just laugh it out of the Olympics. Quite honestly, they have. Well, the thing is, is that if it was if it was done as just <laughs> without the brooms, if they did it without holding brooms between their legs, I think people would would consider it a, a, a more valid sport. I think it's the brooms that are throwing people off. Yeah, because, but that's like, I mean, <laughs> that's the staple of Quidditch. I mean, it's like it's yeah, like it's soccer know, without the short shorts. And, and, there's, and there's no way to get around that. I agree. I, I totally agree that, that that is the thing that makes Quidditch. But I mean, the thing of it, think about it. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about like, oh, it came from books and movies. Well, so did synchronized swimming. I mean, you know, that was invented for movies and then became an Olympic sport. You know, it's, it's, it's and not still unheard is. of. Anachronistically, yeah, I'd say. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't think so. I, 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 Olympic I, it, golf. Don't they have Olympic golf? No. Speaking this... of not a spectator sport. Oh, boy. <laughs> go- golf, I, I can understand why people would want to play golf. I cannot understand why people would want to watch it. I don't. I've played golf. It's not any more fun to play than it is to it's actually <laughs> less fun to play because if you suck at it you spend most of your time chipping away at a ball hitting it six or seven times before frustratingly trying to get it into a little hole in the ground and it, it's just it's just tedious wasn't it called a, <laughs> yeah, a good walk ruined wasn't that the name of somebody's book about yeah pretty golf? much because like you just you cover a bunch of beautiful territory but slowly and frustratingly <laughs> so you get steven around in a little cart Steven, I will say golf is awful, but going to the driving range and trying to hit the little cart driving by while it's, you know, picking up balls is the most entertaining thing I've ever done. Which doesn't now, happen nearly often enough. that should be an enough. Olympic sport. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think, I think there could be – I would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> and have the, uh, have the guy in the cart actually just wear a bunch of football pads, you know, have it be open. Yeah. And, yeah. You have, like, different points for whether you get a headshot or not. Or, yeah. That would be funny. 
So yeah, whatever. Okay, I, I think we've we've kind of talked that one to death. But speaking of uh, of competitive sports, one one arena that uh, we've talked about a little bit on the show previously is, um, <clears throat> of course, video games and competitive video gaming. And uh, sort of related to that, we uh, teased in our uh, QuakeCon episode where we had Britton Peel on last time about the notion of uh, of talking about morality in video gaming and. I do want to, to kind of go over that, but uh, first ask any of y'all, all right, show of hands, who has played a massively multiplayer online game before? Me. I'm, I'm raising my hand, but yeah. you can't see yeah, me. Yeah, I'm raising yeah. my hand. Okay. I was going to raise well. my hand and just not say anything. Okay, so four, <laughs> four out of five of our panelists, um, myself would be the exception. I have actually never um, done a subscription MMO uh, ever. Very few RPGs in my life uh, Excluding, I guess, the original Pokemon, which I did play all the way through on the Game Boy, <laughs> um, not realizing move. that it was an RPG. <laughs> but uh, tell me, I mean, Steven, red or blue? Red or blue? Um, I think I played Gold actually. Gold and well, red. That's not the original Pokemon. You fail. Well, okay, so red and then gold. I did. I did play red first. Yeah. Because gold was for the uh, the Game Boy Color, right? Yes. Yeah. So red and then gold. Because I definitely played the one on the original Game Boy. Um, Simon is suggesting RuneScape. I have not heard of this particular one, but... It's an old one, but it's free and it's online. So mm. uh, well, since you've never played one... If you just want to see what one is like, you can play up to level 20 on WoW for free now. Really? Yeah, it's free to play. There's actually yeah. no shortage of free-to-play... MMOs now. Lord of the Rings the has gone thing. online. Yeah. Uh, uh, D&D online has been free to play for a long time. Guild Wars yeah. still. I've played yeah. DDO. Well, the uh, reason I bring this up, conveniently enough, is that uh, Star Wars The Old Republic recently launched. And by recently, I mean uh, two days ago, as of the recording of this episode. And uh, I just so happened to live uh, about 300 yards away from the Bioware Studios here in Austin. So I, I pass them every day when I uh, walk or bike to work. And, and that somehow um, gives you a unique insight into this new MMO. A little yeah. bit, a little bit. Because I, I have actually <laughs> gone over and, and looked you in the window. You learned about it through <laughs> Yes, I did. Hey, when you, when you rub elbows with the guys as they're getting their lunch at the little food cart outside, and when they bring their iPhones into the Apple store and when you at 11 o'clock at night go up and look in the windows of the game studio and see what's in there then you learn a little bit about the place and, and when you uh, break in at 2 a.m <laughs> when you break in at 2 a.m and steal all their really cool star wars toys that they have arrayed in there uh but seriously though i i had the only reason i had any interest in this game really was that i, I was close to the game studios and I'm, I'm curious about the creative process that went into it um so i spent a, a couple of days or, well really just yesterday and today watching through playthroughs of the old republic and simon what the hell are you still doing in the background I'm not doing anything. I don't know. Sounds like you are. <laughs> Anyways, so I've been watching through playthroughs of The Old Republic, and uh, it's actually gotten me quite interested in playing an MMO for the first time. Um, but it, I was interested to see, and um, I read a Mashable article that sort of went over this a little bit, that they have essentially brought over this uh, morality engine, this light side, dark side morality engine from the first two RPGs they did, uh, Knights of the Old Republic and uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2, into this MMO. So I'm curious, uh, Britton, first off, since you are in this industry, you're the video game guy here, um, what, what's your opinion on the implementation of that uh, in the dialogue in the Old Republic, and what could be its, uh, its implications for the people playing the game? Um, I think it's fine for Star Wars, because that kind of is the Star Wars plot. Is there's the light side and there's the dark side. Good and like, evil, yeah. Yeah, the, it, the films, books, anything doesn't really get too complicated in terms of moral issues, and so that's that's great good for and fans. Evil. Yeah, and there's. Uh, I, it sounds like at least looking at some of my peers and coworkers that you know do video game journalism, seems like a lot of people are enjoying playing as Sith. And just mm. being as evil as possible. So, which so is tell cool. me, like it's, it, for for those of, uh, of our listeners who don't know or haven't seen the game before, like how do, how does it work exactly in the game? Like how how do you take actions, uh, either good or evil actions? Uh, well, uh, like I was telling you 
beforehand. I haven't actually played the Old Republic League yet, so this may be wrong, but uh, it seems to be like other... Yeah, <laughs> we may be wrong. It, it, it seems to be a lot like other Bioware RPGs, like Mass Effect or uh, Knights of the Old Republic, which is just a lot of dialogue options and choices of, well, okay, do you want to help this guy out and uh, go get his money back, or do you want to kill the guy and take all his money and kill everybody? It, it, you know, it, it's real simple black and white kind of stuff mm-hmm. usually do you want to insult a person do you want to be cocky do you want to just right, be obedient right. yeah. kill everybody or do you want to send a kid into college <laughs> well so, okay okay here's, kiki go ahead here's my thing because because i played knights of the old republic back when it first came out and if it's a similar engine then here's it the is. thing um it's gonna be really hard to stay light side because that was the big problem in KOTOR was that if you, like, one little misstep and you were, like, dark side. You know, hmm. you had to be, like, the world's ultimate Well, that's just an, that's an issue of balance more so than, you know? than quality. And also, well, they I, fixed I'm that in two. That, yeah, I'm just saying that, that it really, it made it almost impossible to be like just a light side character you could get like half and half pretty easily or you could get dark side super easily but if you wanted to honestly play like a light side perfect jedi it was almost impossible Hmm. and an interesting thing with the kotor games in particular was uh that you would always get different powers depending on which morality choices you made yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people went evil just so they could use lightning and you know, well, the light side stuff like that. Sucked. Fun. The light side powers yeah. like truly <laughs> sucked and made the game so much harder to play. Yeah, like light side people can lift stuff, whereas dark side people can blow things up. It's, yeah, it's, it's a just... big difference. Yeah. Well, and it seems to be that the the implementation of it in the old republic is a lot more subtle and and a lot more varied, and it kind of comes through in the interview. Um, trying to find the quote I found here, um, so yeah, it's really interesting playing different sides. This is coming from uh, Musica or whatever. I think it's Dan Musica. Um, a lot, in a lot of cases in the movies, the Sith might appear pretty unidimensional. They're the bad guys. They have the red lightsabers and are running towards you trying to kill you. And they're all evil or mean. But actually, they have motivations and beliefs that they think they're doing the right thing. They actually believe that. They believe that f- the Force and power are the way to progress and to set the universe straight. You kind of learn that when you see the story through the lens of the protagonist, going through this hero's journey or anti-hero's journey. The Republic also doesn't always do the good thing. They do things that are challenging, too. Everything is interesting, and there's always personally impactful consequences. See, this, so, this leads to, and, and again, I haven't played the game, don't know that I ever will, mm-hmm. but it leads to an issue that I have with um, WoW, which I did play for a given period of time back as a How long, Kevin? How long did you five play? Years, it? Five years, six years now. Five years, at least six. It like before there were expansion packs, okay. so that's how long ago it was. Oh, I mean, for how long did you play WoW? Um, most of a semester. Okay, that's that's actually relatively good. You 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 were very well disciplined. <laughs> I got up to level thirty five or so um, with my primary character, which at the time that was halfway because the level cap was seventy. Right. So oh, the um, old days. <laughs> But anyway, the, the idea being that, and, and I'm not commenting on the quality of storytelling within the game of, of uh, KOTOR, or not uh, the Old Republic, whatever yeah, we're acronyming it now. Um, but see, I think TOR, I think the Onion Router, I think the sci-fi um, publisher, yeah. we've got too many things called TOR. Yeah. It's a problem. TOR Johnson. Yeah, well, you can also um, call it SWATOR. But SWATOR. <laughs> yeah. Slightly better. But also but awkward. The, the issue mm-hmm. was that in WoW, there was no... In my opinion, distinguishing characteristics between the good side and the bad side, the alliance and the horde and and it was clear that the alliance was good and the horde was evil. those were the choices because the good guys don't have zombies, but <laughs> it was one of these things of like but the the play styles were nearly identical and were in fact actually identical. Um, the yeah. stories didn't make 
a large amount of difference one way or the other. You didn't feel particularly evil or particularly good. And so this comment about seeing it through their eyes and, you know, well, the Sith aren't really that bad from their perspective. I'm like, well, no, I'd like a Sith where my job is literally to go and destroy a, a coven of witches. <laughs> and by witches, I mean children. Um, okay. I couldn't think of a group of children, what that was called. But coven uh, so coven sprang to mind. Coven sprang to mind. <laughs> well, I work in a high school, so children well, they are could like be, witches. They could um, be children witches. So it could be, it could be they coven. could be. They could yeah. be. But are they and, are they witches as their children, or is there like a certain age at which they become witches? And we'll just like call something them younglings else? because that's always a word that I. <laughs> well, I mean, in in the expanded universe, there there are force witches. So, huh. of course, there are. Wow. Well, it, I, I have to say it, that particular quote maybe doesn't um, make it sound like there is that much division between the the actions of a Sith or of a Jedi. But watching the playthroughs that I have, it's it becomes evident. I mean, the, the stories are definitely distinguishable. Like you, you the, the general tenor and, and attitude of the characters uh, on the light side versus the dark side are very distinct. Like you, you have um, just random, uh, random deaths and random killings all the time. Uh, or seemingly random on the Sith side, like just people will will kill the, one of the uh, the trainers just kills a student to make a point because he was like the latest one there. He just just kills him with lightning. Like, now, is that a player or is that an NPC? NPC. That's an, yeah. See, and then the but, death has no meaning. But your character also has the option to just randomly kill people as well, or to kill people at opportune times in the dialogue. Whereas on the light side, um, you you do occasionally have those opportunities, or you can say really uh, arrogant or curt things, but not quite to the to the same extent of evil as on the dark side. Um, but it is certainly possible to gain dark side points as a light side character and light side points as a dark side character. So you can build yourself either a Stark so or a Sith. So I could be a light side you Sith because that could, doesn't break the universe. You could be, yeah. but a light side Sith is more like a, an obedient Sith. It's not like you do good things all the time. It's just you're less divergent or uh, belligerent. What does light side even mean? <laughs> well, it's, and I think that's it means a, you're lawful evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe. But I think it's really cool that you can ask that kind of a question. Like, okay, well, what does it mean to actually be light or dark now? What, what is, it goes beyond the question of good or evil, um, which put me in mind of another game, Beyond Good and Evil. That, um, is, is that... Wasn't that about taking pictures of ghosts? Um, no. <laughs> uh, you are a photographer, but it's more, uh, it's more conspiracy theory kind of story. Sure. Um, about government and tyranny and stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fatal thing you're thinking of. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah that... <laughs> I'm just thinking of Pokemon Snap. <laughs> One of the most... Also a fun game. Snap, so. That was such a boring game, though. People. You know, I, I just wanted to, like... I guess I really wanted Pokemon Battle. I, I wanted Pokemon Snap to be Pokemon Battle. Like, I, I actually wanted to <laughs> battle with the Pokemon. I didn't want to just take pictures of them. I mean, for crying out loud, I didn't, I didn't buy a game... Just to snap photos of these, you know, computer models. <laughs> and and the, the fact that the word snap is in the title is to few off. Well, I mean, read I, internet, I realize what kind of game it back was. Back in the day, magazine review of the game beforehand. I, I knew yeah, back you, in the, you know, but, I do this thing professionally called <laughs> reviewing games <laughs> where I, I tell you ahead of time what a game is about. Okay, guys. And whether or not you might like to purchase it based on that information. This was a long time ago, and I'm not saying that I didn't realize what kind of game it was, but that the game itself was like a tease. It was like, the, constantly I was like, ah, oh, well, I guess this is cool, and the, the models are gorgeous, because all I'd been used to was the Game Boy, but I wanted to do more than just take pictures with the Pokemon. <laughs> you can throw apples at them. Uh, yeah, I guess so. And they can get angry and do their little powers and stuff, but whatever. Um, anyways, back to, back to the game. So, the idea of a morality engine in a game is nothing new. Um, Britain, give me some examples. <laughs> um, well, as we've been talking about Knights of the, or, yeah, Knights of the Old Republic, the Old Republic, whatever, um, a more, another recent game has sprung to mind in Skyrim mm-hmm. because that's done morality a lot better and it almost doesn't even try to. Because Which there's what no. I want. Well, what does the morality <laughs> engine look like in Skyrim versus Knights well, of the Old Republic? You're not ever getting like good points or bad points. You're 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 not. You can't open a menu and say, "Yeah, oh look, this is how good you are." Mm-hmm. Um, 
your actions just have consequences based on your actions. And uh, one of the main things, one of the main choices throughout the game is that there's this civil war going on in the world uh, between the Imperial people and the rebel people, uh, which sounds really basic. Uh, and, you know, the, the Imperials kind of want to have more control and the rebels want to have their own freedom. They want freedom of religion and freedom to live the life that they want to live. So it, I, I know personally when I started playing the game, I was like, oh, well, that's what I want. I want to fight for the freedom of this country. That's an easy choice. That's probably the good choice. Mm. But then you get over to those people and you start talking about joining their side and you realize they're all incredibly racist. <laughs> um, and, and then, so Ooh. you think, well, okay, maybe they're not that great. Maybe I'll go look at the Imperials. And the Imper- Imperials also have tons of flaws. Like you, you, and you realize very quickly there's no right choice exactly. You, you, you need to pick what you, f- what you feel you can do the most good in or the most bad in, depending on how you want to play. And that's and a mark that of quality is, storytelling. Yeah, well, it, and, and I would say the Old Republic has a lot of that, too. I mean, th- there are clearly, like... You say that from having not played it. No, and watched <laughs> over, over eight hours of playthrough. I mean, I've seen a good chunk of the, of the introductory quests, at least, for three of the classes. So, I mean, I, I've seen the way that they lay out the story in the game, and it, it, it is that sort of thing. Like, you can tell there are, are better and worse, or, like, good and bad quote-unquote, characters on both sides, whether you're Sith or Jedi or Smuggler. Like, the, the same way that Han Solo is a complex character in the movies, he's, he does illegal things, yet is a good guy. He sometimes sticks up for himself, but other times comes back and helps people. Like, there, it, it's, there's a much richer uh, undertone to it, and I think the game captures that well. But Skyrim, though, you, you say it doesn't really come through in the dialogue, rather. It, it just comes through in the actions you take. Uh, I mean, is it, sometimes it is dialogue. Sometimes you are agreeing to either, you know, sometimes you'll agree to do a very bad thing or d- do a very good thing. Mm-hmm. Though at the same time, you could agree to do a very good thing and then turn around and do a bad thing anyway. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, it, it does. It, it is more actions. Like if you're going to steal from certain people or kill certain people, they have repercussions in the world. And it's not perfect, but it is a lot more dynamic and a lot more interesting than a lot of other games are when they try to use morality in any sense. Is there any sort of morality in WoW, Kiki? No. Um, no, not really. I mean, it, it, when it first started, it kind of looked like they were gonna do it, you know, but it really didn't turn out that way. It hmm. just, it's, it's one side has the prettier characters. That's about it. <laughs> it's just, that's, that's all it comes down to. Like, oh, this must be evil because they have the zombies and the orcs and the, yeah. you know, like it, it really doesn't make much of a difference. I will say that they've got the, the prestige class now of Death Knight. And that I really liked. It's, it starts at a much higher level. And, um, so is you it, can, it a particularly good or evil character or well when you start out no matter which side you play you are working for the bad guy so hmm. whether or not you're alliance or horde you're working for the bad guy but then the 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 quest like as it gets near the end like you go in and you slaughter all these people and you're evil and i was having so much fun and then like right near the end somebody's like, no, don't you remember who you were before you were tainted? Why don't you overthrow your evil lord? And then, like, you become good no matter which side you're on. Oh, uh, so you it does kind of shoehorn like, you into normal. that. Yeah. yeah, it shoehorns you into that. And I'm like, no, I, I want to stay bad. Like, why why else would I be playing a death knight? You know, like... Well, and as much... And, and you bring up a good point there. As, as much as these games do purport to give you choice in the matter and making good or evil choices... The same story sort of unfolds regardless, like with with slight variations. Which is so one thing I liked about um, Mass Effect. I've only played the second one, but, I, mm. but I'm under the impression that they're very similar. Um, in that you're not playing good or evil, and the morality scale doesn't veer like that. It veers from paragon to scoundrel. And so Commander Shepard, who's the protagonist in the game, is... The savior of the universe. That's what she's been historically recognized as. Or he. Or he. I play she because okay. it's more fun. Um, and how many games do you get to be Oops. the savior of the universe as a female character? Mm. That's the question. That's Joss Whedon's favorite game right there. Um, <laughs> so anyway, with that in mind, Commander Shepard is 
the savior of the universe. That's what she's been um, remembered as historically, and it's almost told like from the past tense. You're going to save everything because that's what Commander Shepard does. However, how you do that is, makes it much more interesting. If you play it on the Paragon side, you really are the shining beacon of all that is good and right in the universe. Whereas if you play it the scoundrel, you're the sort of character who is, you know, is doing it, but kind of begrudgingly so, or doing it for her own ends. Hmm. And it's like, well, if the universe is destroyed, I'll die with it, and I don't want that, so I might as well save it. <laughs> sort of a character. And so in that way, that makes a lot more sense to me rather than trying to say, you know, you're good or you're evil and you have these wildly divergent paths that you can't have in most video games with a linear story. Well, I think, it, and that speaks to the subtlety of actual morality. I mean, you know, yes. it's it, it's not that, that any particular decision, and, and of course we've talked about the, the different moral schemes on the show before, but it roughly breaks down into consequentialist or deontological uh, systems. You're either, either the correct action, the right action, uh, depends on what is, uh, on the outcome of it. So the, um, so... The good action is that which, or the right action is that which produces a good outcome, or the other way around. There's a principle, there's a, there's a code, there's the right thing, and therefore actions are good if they correspond to that right thing, um, or wrong thing, uh, respectively. And in most games, the two are sort of mixed together. So like, well, it's, it seems like in that, in that dichotomy that you just outlined, Kevin, that it, you can either play the consequentialist character or the deontological character. Like, yes. the consequentialist is essentially the scoundrel to an extent. Like, you mm -hmm. know, what's, what's the correct action for me is that which is good for me, which produces a good outcome for me. But there, if you play the, uh, what was it, the Paragon? Then, yeah, I, I may be using the wrong word, but that's yeah. the, the idea. It, yeah, it's, it's Paragon and Renegade. Really. Oh, Paragon Renegade and Renegade. Is the other okay. One. So, so par the Paragon then would be like you have you are a, uh, a an individual of what, what someone might say good moral fiber. You know, you have a you have a code. You have uh, an ingrained sense of of, uh, of duty or whatever, and therefore all of your actions um, stem from that. Mm -hmm. So that and that really is kind of the difference between the Sith and the Jedi. You know, the Jedi have this this code, this um, you know, uh, never uh, principles, right? Like never let your passions take over your actions, or you know, never never kill someone uh, unless absolutely necessary. Things like this, and therefore the you know, good or bad actions depend on whether they conform to that code or not. Whereas for the Sith, it's more like. Well, there's there's not much of a code at all. It's whatever's good for me, whatever you know, whatever um, helps me survive, or whatever helps uh, my goals or my ends is the right or wrong action. So really, like the the moral choices in these games are not between a good path or an evil path. They're between a consequentialist or a deontological path, generally. <laughs> but I don't know if the designers of the game really start from that or whether they're just uh, whether they're just designing it a different way. Simon, did you have a point you were going to bring up? Uh, yeah, but I forgot what it was. Okay. <laughs> it, was it was something about um, that in Elder Scrolls in the past, I don't know if it's still in Skyrim, they had was really a morality system, but it was a persuasion system. Mm. And so if you do good things in a city, you become more persuasive and you can ask for things. You can get lower prices in the shops and stuff like that. I've always yeah, found that paradoxical. Intimidate. How do y'all feel about, like, the, so there's that Jedi power of force persuade, right? Like, you, you persuade someone to do something that they would not otherwise do because, it, like, in your opinion or by your code that's the right action, but they actually believe oppositely. So, like, you, you literally manipulate a person. You take away their, their free will and their choice in order to get your own ends. Like, that always seemed like a, a dark side ability to me. Well, I've always thought the Jedi were bastards. Really? <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, no. I mean, seriously, from in there, you know, they might be on kind of the right side by accident, almost. Because, I mean, it's like... You know, they they do this kind of monk thing where, like, love is a bad thing and, like, you know, emotions in general are horrible and, you know, it just, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff about the Jedi that are just, you know, it's not a group I wouldn't want to join, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And you're also they're, they're, correct. 
Uh, sorry. Well, I was I mean, it's just they're, they're far too, yeah, they're far too uh, restrictive on what their their people do. You know, they're very totalitarian almost. Hmm. Whereas the the Sith don't really seem to be that way. That's, you that's know, a the, good point. Uh, well, and it seems like the, uh, the the Jedi Order is always like in constant danger of falling apart <laughs> every turn. Yeah, I mean they're they're not really very smart. You know, it's <laughs> like, uh, oh, we think this kid is going to bring balance to the Force. Let's think about what that means. There's 150 million of us and two of them. What would balancing the Force mean? Hmm. You know, it's just. How is that going to end up with anything other than two Sith and two Jedi? Really? You know? know. Or 150 million Jedi and 150 million Sith. I mean, that's the only way to balance it. Balance doesn't mean there's good, there's a bunch of good and a little bit of evil. That's not balance. Well, (laughs) and I don't even know whether the, the whole balance idea can come into play unless you have a conception that that goes a little bit deeper than than just good or evil because i i like i think we've been discussing here the dichotomy is not that uh finely laid out uh now granted tor and knights of the old republic lay it out just like that it's a spectrum you know with with light side at one end and dark side at the other end but maybe what those ends mean is not necessarily good or evil, but something else, you know, either whether it's consequentialist ontological or like in the ba- uh, Mass Effect system, uh, Renegade or, um, or Paragon. Um, I don't know. Let's, Go let's for it. Let's see, if the, if the Jedi had been in, <clears throat> in power still uh, when, it, when it came time, I, they would have never worked with a, a, a guy like Han Solo. You know, and he's one of the, right. the major heroes. I mean, he's one of the reasons they won, uh, you know, at the end. Um, and why is that? Like, is, is it because he's unpredictable? Because he doesn't make choices based on a, a code that conforms to the Jedi code? I mean, why why wouldn't they work with someone like him? I, because he's he's doing illegal things. I mean, the, the Jedi were very law and order, mm-hmm. you know, kind of before. And... It's you. You can't. You can't be a law and order person if your government system is that bad. You know. I mean, it just if if the laws are bad, you you can't be a law and order person without being bad. No, no, that's a good. Yeah. That's a topic for another show. We've we've yeah. talked about that, <laughs> like whether uh, whether law and morality conform or whether there's yeah, uh, I mean, a separation but, between but the that two. Was, that was very much the the Jedi way originally you know they were having this kind of more and more corrupt government well i think what a lot of the jedi beside it you know yeah because i think what a lot of the jedi might say is if it is law and it can't be bad i mean that's the thing the the idea of a bad law is oxymoronic or you know it's contradictory it just it doesn't happen um yeah but, you know, we, we have, I think, there seems to be kind of this folk idea that, yes, there can be bad laws. There can be corrupt governments. There can be corrupt people who set up laws. And therefore, you know, a person who does illegal things, like a smuggler, can maybe still be doing good in a, in a higher sense, even though that good thing is technically against the law. Because maybe the lawgiver is, oh, I don't know, the evil empire, you know, the galactic yeah. empire that... Um, hates all that is as good and righteous and colorful. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, Britton, did you have any other thoughts about specifically Skyrim? Uh, have you played it? Uh, yeah, I, I played Skyrim for review, actually. So I, that that choice between which side of the Civil War I was going to be on, mm. played about 56 hours for the review, finished the main story, could not make that choice. Oh. <laughs> I kept going back and forth. Like I, I really don't know. <laughs> so, so what did uh, you end up doing? Like you just you would sometimes help one side and sometimes help the other. Or? Um, I, I was definitely leaning towards the rebels, even though they were all racists. Um, <laughs> just, just because I, I thought more good could come out. So, with that in mind, that, if you played as a certain race, would they hate you? I believe so. Yeah, oh, and it was ooh. more. Uh, Who did they hate? Not, it was, I, th- I think, mostly the Dark Elves. Okay. Um, I, I can't remember their official name right now. Because I'm, uh, I'm probably going to get um, Skyrim eventually once I have a new computer. And yeah, so I, yeah, wanna, I, I, I think it would be fun to play the group that they don't like. 
<laughs> yeah, they, and they're actually headquartered in a big city that has a large population of that race that they kind of, you know, they relegate them to the slums and hmm. you know, it, it's it's a really interesting world. Hmm. The, the, the story yeah. has problems occasionally, dialogue isn't perfect all the time, but the world they have is really, really interesting. I have to say the dialogue in uh, The Old Republic is quite well done. Uh, not only the lip syncing and the character animations, but just the fact that every single quest is voice acted. Like even the smallest things are, are voice acted just gr- wonderfully. Like they, they spent so many hours recording so much dialogue and, uh, and creating distinct characters. Like I, I don't feel like the characters blend together, at least from the ones that I've seen so far. It definitely seems like a lot of care went into yeah that that aspect specifically, and they're still like I actually applied for a writing job at Bioware Austin. Like they're still bringing on new writers, and they're, they're, I think they really want to keep the world fresh. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they so. want to do expansions. They I think in the interview that I read from uh, Mashable, they initially are going to be getting a lot of feedback. Yeah, here we go. Um, we're doing fairly early content for people that we're going to give. Uh, and then the next phase is kind of uh, watch what people are doing and prepare the new stuff based on what they're actually doing and going to want. Uh, longer term, of course, if things go to plan, we'll be looking at expansions and usual stuff. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're looking to to tailor the expansions and the added content based on what people actually enjoy, which I think is great. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it, it's it, just... Go, go ahead. ahead. I, I was just going to say the the tough thing with morality in games is trying to balance that with uh, author's intent, really. Because, mm. you, you know, you, you can tell a linear story about morality and have it work really well. Um, but if you're going to tell a story with a lot of choice uh, and you want it to be an impactful story for everybody, it's, it's really tough to decide, like, how, how much focus do you want to put on the consequences of these actions and what about these actions and it, it, it's just it's a really tough thing that i think games are still that we're still in the infancy yeah. of games Which in is, a lot of is ways something interesting that kind of dovetails and this may be a longer conversation than we want to have mm. but um i've been thinking about the the video games as art debate i don't like that word but discussion <laughs> maybe that's been going on for a long time and i'm of the opinion Call it art if you want to. But what seems interesting to me, and then I was comparing it to something like film, which I'm much more familiar with, or theater, which I'm vaguely aware of. And the thing about video games that I don't see happening the same way I see with film or with theater, and again, video games are still a new medium compared to the other two, is that you don't see classics such as they are, and I'll argue that there are classics in the video game world, Mm -hmm. you don't see them, you haven't seen them, or I haven't seen them get um, revisited. You know, there are people who will still watch Citizen Kane once a year because it's still a very good film. There are people who put on Shakespeare all over the world all the time because of the good things that Shakespeare did in his writings. Um, And I don't see those revisions... I haven't seen those revisions in video games to this point. You know, GoldenEye was a great game for its time, but who wants to go back and play it? <laughs> me. I, me. I th- no, really, mm. me. I, I, I can, I I can kind of... It's not that great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, will, I will say that I had the most fun if you put GoldenEye and the, uh, the Game Shark or whatever that was the cheat code back in the day, <laughs> yeah, and you, yeah. put the, you put the cheat codes on for... Infinite ammo, a sniper rifle, and invisibility, and then you just see how far away you can snipe a guy in the nuts. <laughs> That's super awesome. Classic. Right there. Yeah. No, I, I, I kind of of playing Goldeneye was just seeing how far away I could be and still snipe a guy in the nuts. Well, I, that, that that really keeps games though in the realm of games mm-hmm. as opposed to an artwork. You know, because yeah, you can go back oh, and play chess. Is, is high art. I think I think anything that involves a guy taking damage to the nuts is high art. <laughs> That's really highbrow. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> I I just uh, I I have I have that in me. It 
there's there's nothing more comedic than a guy taking a shot. Comedic, yes, but I I see where yeah, we're both you. <laughs> but I see where both you and and uh, Britain, you and Kevin uh, are are coming from. Like I I see what you mean. Like there there's really no I guess other than Mario. Like uh, Mario is one of those th- games that you can bring up in any conversation, and almost anyone will that has ever played the game will be like, oh yeah, Mario's amazing, and still people will bust it out at parties. Like Mario for the NES or SNES, the the first Mario, and and anybody can pick it up and play it and enjoy it. Like that's it's it's there's a some classic. Of it, yeah, there's there some of classics that. in that sense, right? Um, but but I, I think what Kevin touched on is that is actually a big discussion that happens all the time with the game industry. Is uh, you know wh- when is gaming going to get its Citizen Kane? Um, hmm. and, and you you know you don't have more and more lately. You have games that are still games, but they're not necessarily fun. <laughs> but they're still impactful. But, but, but kind, kind of like, you know, you, you don't watch Schindler's List because it's a fun movie. No. <laughs> you know, but but it's, it's an important movie and it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're, I think we're on the brink of getting more games kind of like that where it's not necessarily enjoyable to play, but it's – it, it impacts you for different reasons, and it's important for different reasons. Experience. Well, I would almost yes. argue that WoW is one of those games. Like, can you think of any other game that has been a cultural, continuous cultural phenomenon for a longer period of time? Like, it, and it really got to that point where someone from any walk of life could would be ex- perfectly acceptable to, for them to play WoW for for many hours for whatever reason, just like as a social experience. The same way that it was um, fine to, to play, uh, you know, to, to be on Facebook or to do. You know, I don't any, think any, it ever achieved that that range. Yeah, because, I don't think it's no, achieved because, that yet. I, because uh, I think if it had, you wouldn't have the awesomely hilarious South Park episode about World of right. Warcraft. But I think, yeah. that, well, and, but that was in the early stages of WoW, I think, where, where no, it still it wasn't. was. That was no. a year or two ago. <laughs> oh, that was like four years no. ago, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was longer than that. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. But, but I, 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 I straddle both lines of that argument. I, I, I think <laughs> it, it, it did... It, it received a huge cultural uh, – it, it affected a whole lot of people more than most video games do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think it got to the, quite the level of, like, Facebook where, yeah, it, anybody can just uh, approach this. Two, 2006, <laughs> which was, like, a year or two after Warcraft came out. Right. And that, that, I would argue, was the peak of the OMG World of Warcraft is just sucking up young people's lives phase. Like, that wasn't quite... Uh, yeah, because the first release date for WoW was in 2004. Right. So, right. yeah. So that was after the point where people were like, oh my god, people have been playing this like constantly for two years. So, yeah, that, that, I would argue, was about the time when WoW was at that Okay, point. well but, then we've also got, and as much as I love it, The Guild... Mm-hmm. which is a show very much about the social outcasts who play these games. And while yeah. it's not specifically World of Warcraft, it's, you know... Something the, like it, yeah. Yeah, and it's a character-driven story. And I like most of the characters on the Guild. But, you know, it's it's the Guild has not been picked up by NBC because everybody can understand what it is to be in a Guild. <laughs> yeah. But here's the, thing. the, the same way you mentioned Schindler's List as like one of those movies that you may not enjoy, but that you have to experience just because it's it's such a, a pivotal piece of cinema or Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. I like I feel that I have that. I should do that with World of Warcraft. Like I've never I've played World of Warcraft for all of maybe fifteen minutes in my life, and I've I've heard about it endlessly for the last several <laughs> years. But now looking at at the old republic, I'm almost like, man, th- I feel like this is going to be one of those games that people will will talk about a lot. And then I should I Skyrim. Skyrim has gotten such Skyrim a will huge be. I don't release. Think like this, I don't think the old republic will be. Yeah, but you Skyrim know, I, has. I, I like, was in- going to play Skyrim, and then I took an arrow to the knee. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, I had to. It was. It yeah. was. It's in my contract. <laughs> Well, regardless, I, I think one of, we're getting really close. Like we've uh, Bioware spent 135 million dollars making the Old Republic so far. Like they're probably going to spend more to keep it running. Uh, I mean, that's that's big movie budget uh, for for a game. Like we're starting to spend as much money on these games as big blockbuster cinema. 
and that's been happening for a few well, years now. Well, they make now. more money too. Oh yeah, yeah. big blockbuster, big blockbuster cinema, even at the expense of you know 3D movie price, I pay twelve bucks, mm-hmm. which is a fifth of the cost of a new video game. Well, and like that's one month of the Old Republic, isn't it? <laughs> like, uh, probably if you've got a subscription, it's probably yeah, more it's, if you're on a month-to-month yeah. basis. It's it's about fifteen bucks a month to keep a WoW account going. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, you know, if you go see a three D movie, that's almost a month of WoW. And I see I see movies at a rate of about two a month. So I, I guess you know to an extent, yes. But we're talking about revisiting the same six hours experience. At most. Yeah, yeah. So at the most. <laughs> um, but this is a continuous, you know, renewed, uh, changing, dynamic experience. It's and, not that dynamic. Uh, well, well okay. changes once a year when they release a new expansion, and that's about it. <laughs> and, and, of course, they're getting so much flack for the next expansion. Really? I really I, don't I, the care. The next expansion is just hilarious. It's Mists of Pandaria, and it's got <laughs> Kung Fu Monk Pandas. What? No, you, you, downside to this. You've got to be kidding <laughs> You've no, got- no, I thought it was because I read the news right before I went to bed one night and I woke up the next morning. I was like, that was the craziest dream about, wow, I've got to tell my friends about this because I literally did think I dreamt it. And I went on and I was about to like type in and I noticed a bunch of stuff in my Facebook feed that was like, can you believe this new Pandaria crap that WoW's pulling? And I was like, oh my God, I didn't dream it. Oh, no. <laughs> That is pretty ridiculous. So uh, maybe it's Jump the Shark, yes. But with things on the horizon, like we know that, that Bungie is working on new IP that is built from the beginning to be 10 years worth of video games, books, and movies, and comic books, like a ton of stuff. I mean, probably multi-billion dollar uh, franchise. We're, we're getting close to having those sorts of classics. If, if not, I, I think we've I already think got a few... Are. If, I'll be, if I'm perfectly honest, I don't think we are because, um, and this is I, I'm falling more on this side of the scale thinking about it, is the franchise system in video games is in a very different place than the studio system was in the early days of American film, hmm. um, because the budgets are bigger, the the money is more important. We've got to compare. In a certain way, and the, the companies are being forced to do this, they have to compare making video games today to making films today. And there are not nearly as many classic films that have come out in the last few years. If there are, you got to go look at the independent sort of stuff. The big budget stuff is not the what's doing it. Right. And to be arg- the arguments to be said, maybe that's where the indie games are coming out too. Um, you know, which is why I'm always pushing the uh, the humble bundles. Mm-hmm. Go get them. Which the latest one? Yes, we were, we were talking that, about that pre-show. Is uh, averaging about five uh, twenty-one right now uh, for the the whole the whole bundle of games, and it's it's nine games including Super Meat Boy and Cave Story. It's more Blood. than nine now, is it? Oh wow! Well, they added the Humble Bundle three to this one if you pay more than the average. Ah, oh, sweet. So that's pretty Which cool. You should already have Stephen. Hmm. Well, I, we could we could keep going on this for hours, but we're coming up on a, about the end of our time here on Bad Philosophy. Um, Simon, what do you think of all this? You you've been kind of silent here for the last few minutes. <laughs> uh, you know, it's been a while since I've played WoW. I'm, I'm glad to be done with that addiction. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I think we will have a, a great game. Um, but you know the the old games are coming back on the iPad. They're coming back on the iPhone. Mm. I'm sure they're coming back on Android also. Uh, so let's just see. I mean, Tetris has been popular for I don't know thirty years. Three hundred years. Yeah. Three thousand yeah. years. Something um, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> the original so, Angry Birds. Yes. Is Tetris. <laughs> but, yeah. but before oh. Angry Birds was the massive success it is. Tetris there you go. So, so you want to talk about a cultural phenomenon? Angry Birds, I think, comes the closest to any we've mentioned so far. Like that is, is anybody going to call that one art? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, it has a, it has a quirky art to it. The birds don't have wings. <laughs> I love throwing birds at birds at things. Oh, well, They're I'm flightless really, birds um, that you slingshot at pigs inside of a collapsible structure. I mean, <laughs> there's that is a cultural phenomenon if ever I've heard one. But. <laughs> That's a piece of art right there. <laughs> uh, speaking of a piece of art, you're going to have to put this in the show notes if mm-hmm. you haven't seen this. The the head of the company that makes the wife of the executive of the company that makes uh, Angry Birds 
wore an Angry Birds dress to a state dinner in Finland. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's, wow. it's brilliant looking because if you didn't know what it was, it would just be kind of abstract shapes. But if you know what it is, you know what it is. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, wow. it's yeah, unmistakable if you've, if you've ever played the game. Incredible. Um, yeah. So yeah. Oh man. Well, cool. Well, I, I really appreciate having you all on the show today. Uh, we're at about our, our normal hour. So we're going to squeeze in one question for the form squeeze and uh, this one almost feels like a moot point, but it comes from uh, it comes from the form spring question of the day. How often do you use a computer? <laughs> Anybody? Well, I'm a past speaker, so it's been a lot less than once a day. <laughs> really? Because I don't have mine. My I left mine in Austin because it was connected to my TV because the screen was busted. So, like, I've been relying primarily on my phone and my father's uh, Kindle Fire to do most of my internet browsing. Mm. Well, that's a good question. Does a phone count anymore? Yes. Because, I mean, yes. it really does. Mm-hmm. It really is just a, a miniature computer. No, my iPhone is, is more powerful than the computers from eight years ago. And yeah. getting closer. <laughs> as a, as a... Our first major PC had eight gig, an 8-gig hard drive, which my phone has in a space of about one square centimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, so I would say my my personal answer to this question would be continuously. <laughs> yeah, about about sixteen to eighteen hours a day. Yeah, depending on how long I sleep. I don't. I just almost don't feel like that's a valid question anymore for a lot of yeah, us. Yeah, really, like, it really isn't. <laughs> My, my living is on the internet, so yeah. I have to be on the computer. Well, it's it's it, for me. It's like a question. Well, how often do you wear clothes? Like, yeah. how, how often do you? Yeah, bring... unless you're asking a third world country or a nudist camp, neither of those questions really apply. Or anyone over the age of fifty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, form spring no, gets mean, more I, timely I, questions. I guess his computer all the time. So, I mean, I, I don't think that's a fair anymore. No. Yeah, you know? it's getting to the point where even. You know the the old uh, and, and he's got his BlackBerry on him all the time, which he uses constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just which is a slightly more primitive computer, but a computer nonetheless. Well, he's got like the latest whatever, but which yeah. for BlackBerry means probably two year old technology still I at know. the best, uh, more like <laughs> five year old. <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't talk him into getting a, a like a touch screen, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. Why is it so fun to hate on BlackBerry? I did, I don't know. Like I, I don't, need a special place because they were on top. They were on top, and then they just completely gave it away. Yeah. Well, I loved my BlackBerry for so. I mean, right before I got my my current phone, which is a T-Mobile G2X, uh, I had my BlackBerry. I mean, you know, I was I was very much in the BlackBerry camp until this this latest phone. I'd never had a phone that wasn't a BlackBerry. Mm. Long before two of their executives got drunk on a plane. Yeah. Good times. Well, cool. Well, so thank you all for coming on the show today. Uh, We'll kind of go through the rounds and and find out where our listeners can read more about y'all or follow y'all on the interwebs. Uh, First up, Simon, uh, where are your destinations for yourself? Uh, My my old website, which needs a desperate update, (laughs) Uh, simonponder.net. Or twitter.com slash Lanier. And cool. uh, I'm going to leave you with this little video. I think this should be the closing song, Stephen. Mm, okay. It's, it's very disturbing. I'll have a look at it after my bandwidth doesn't depend on uh, just all going into Skype. So thank you. <laughs> uh, and then let's see, Britain, where can people read your stuff or follow you on the interwebs? Um, BrittonPeel.com and at BrittonPeel on Twitter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's. Where- that's- where can we find your game reviews? Like, where, where are you writing for right now? I'm doing a lot of stuff for GameSpot right now, um, but I'm hoping to branch out a lot more in 2012, so hopefully I'll be everywhere. Yeah! Um, but, Did but, you write the yeah, GameSpot yeah. review for Skyrim? No, I actually wrote that one for the Dallas Morning News. Oh, okay. Um, so that's the, probably the Because I would have been biggest. impressed. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I usually review crappy games for GameSpot. So <laughs> the games that that staff don't want to play... Yeah, they shovel off to me, um, but yeah, I'm hoping to work more for them in the future and for some other places. So hmm. I'll be everywhere. Cool. Well, and uh, as always, uh, thoroughly unimpressed, Kevin Saunders. Where can you find? Uh, where can people find your stuff on the web? Twitter.com/slash/kevsond. <laughs> okay. And uh, 
Yeah, that, that'll satisfy your, your daily dose of, of Kevin. Um, and Kiki as well, uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, Google Voice of Kiki and you'll find me wherever I am. Cool. Actually, should people Bing it? Can people Bing Voice of Kiki as well? <laughs> yes, that's what they should if, do. If Microsoft, there, please if, give if, us money. Yeah. If Xbox Microsoft Bing wants Voice to give Kiki. us money, I will, I, will tell, I will tell them to Bing Voice of Kiki. As an aside, the rumor is that our mall is going to be the latest to have a Microsoft store built within close proximity to an Apple store. And uh, they are being slightly less than subtle about trying to poach our employees, which is I find kind of hilarious. Um, they, they apparently can't find good enough talent outside of the uh, outside of the Apple pool. So, well, usually when someone works at an Apple store, it's because they're rabid fanboys of Apple. Like, why would yeah. any well, person would say, "Hey, you want to work entirely true. Not entirely. <laughs> we also like money, and Microsoft has a lot of money. So. Well. <laughs> but Apple has more. Woo! Bam! Um, Boo! Yeah, I don't think that's true, Stephen. Yeah, no, we have no. a higher market cap still. I'm speaking in a general sense. Anyway, wrapping up the show. <laughs> a false sense. Anyway, yeah. Right. I'm speaking I'm speaking in an ass <laughs> sense, sense. But other than that. So I hope uh, all of y'all have had a good time uh, on the show today. And uh, all of y'all listening have had a good time listening to us uh, debate the relative merits of these various games. Um, if you have any discussion to add to our comments, uh, p- please feel free to add them. Uh, either add us at twitter.com slash badphilosophy. Mention us or what is it that Twitter calls it now? Connect to us. I don't know. I don't go to the Twitter homepage when I have it yeah. years. So yeah, it doesn't either. matter to me that they Mention change us. things. Yeah. And um, you can also add comments, of course, at badphilosophy.com. Ask your own questions that we may or may not answer at the end of our shows at formspring.me slash badphilosophy. And uh, you can, of course, follow me personally on Twitter at twitter.com slash storrence, S-T-O-R-R-E-N-C-E. Buy the Humble Bundle and take a look at Tor and... We'll hope to see you next time on Bad Philosophy. Some actors of the Jewish faith are in these tales of Jedi. And if Adam Sandler can amend his song, then why the hell can't I? Natalie Portman sure isn't a shiksa. She was elected queen of Naboo just before her bat mitzvah. Gave birth to a Jewish princess. She was Carrie Fisher's mama. Mark Hamill's not a Jew, but he was the voice of the Hanukkah zombie. Man, that is a great humble bundle. Is it? Yeah, okay, there's like everything in it. <laughs> like five bucks. <laughs> Holy crap, they've raised two million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I think they had a million in like... 48 hours or something like that. Wow. It's crazy. Oh, and this is interesting. Mac users pay an average of 746 for the bundle. Windows users pay an average of 462. And Linux users pay the most at an average of 10 bucks. <laughs> so I guess Linux users are like, oh my god, games for the <laughs> for Linux! Oh, it's money! <laughs> Or maybe they're like, well, I didn't spend any money on the operating system, so... Yeah. <laughs> I've got like 300 bucks lying around for... <laughs> burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> Happy Star Wars Badphilosophy.com It's a morality trap.